Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back for you. Today we are discussing the second episode of the first season of... You nearly said Supernatural. I always said Supernatural. <laughs> Today... It's them worms. Yeah. It's them like brain worms. Today we are discussing the second episode of the first season of Leverage called The Homecoming Job. Beth, what did you think? I'll give you... It's better than the pilot. Yeah. I did like it more than the pilot. And I think... We were talking about this just before we started recording, and I was like, we better start recording, because this is probably important for the, sh- for the podcast. But I think the reason why both of us, because like, if you've listened to us before, you probably know that we have a Supernatural rewatch podcast as well. And I think the difference... Called Driver Picks the Podcast. You've got to find yes. it properly oh, there. Jesus, sorry. <laughs> you are right. God, we, are, we really are professionals. Look at us go. Yeah. Um, at least one of us is. <laughs> it's not me. Plugging out probably more popular podcasts than our least popular podcasts. <laughs> Hashtag marketing. Um, so I think, like, because I obviously love Supernatural and you mm-hmm. obviously love Leverage. And yeah. it's funny having watched the pilots for both now yeah. and having had our thoughts for both. Yeah. I think the thing is, like, when I watch a show, and I think, like, we have, like, different ways that we look at media. And, and we've and, discussed and, this at length. And, and we've discussed it at length. But I think what it really, really boils down to, like, if I had to sum it up in, like, a sentence, I'd say that... I watch the media specifically, specifically for character interaction. Yeah. And I couldn't give a shit about anything else. And you watch media for the actual media and character interaction is only a portion of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I that's I think that's what I've like looking looking at this episode, I like the characters now. Yeah. I enjoy their dynamics. Yeah. I was like, oh, like yeah. This is good. It's not found family yet, but you can see how it's getting there. I can, And I'm like, okay, now that I like some of the characters, I mm. enjoy the episode more. Yeah. I think for me, the pilot, I didn't care about it because I didn't like the characters because I felt like we didn't get anything from them. Of the five main characters that they introduced in the pilot, yeah, three of them changed significantly from the yeah. pilot to the second episode. Like, yeah. I think you will agree with me on that. Some of them, like, are stable, but also, like, Parker is toned down a lot. It's a, a lot, lot more I grounded. I much prefer her character. Like, I like her character now. Last last episode, she pissed me off so much. She was just annoying. Yeah. Parker feels more grounded. She feels more real in this yeah. episode. She definitely feels more like... She feels like a person and not a caricature. Yeah. Yeah. Hardison stopped talking like that. Weirdly, yeah. Which was just a lot. It was an acting choice. I'm assuming it was also a directing choice that they requested yeah. that. But he feels, again, he feels more like a human being now. Yeah. And you know like, what? It's funny that you mentioned that because one of the one of the complaints I do have about this episode is that I hate Sophia's fake bad acting. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's so uncomfortable for me to yeah. watch. And it reminded me of the energy of the pilot. I was yeah. like, this feels... Like, I understand they're playing it for comedy, but I personally, it, I don't think it lands. It mm-hmm. just feels uncomfortable for me. And that might be because I really struggle with secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. Like, if I'm watching something and there's secondhand yeah. embarrassment, I can't, I turn it off. Yeah. Like, I just hate it. And so I think that's probably why I particularly don't like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I felt like Sophia and Nate felt, is it, is it Sophia or is it it's Sophie? Sophie. Okay, yeah. it's Sophie. Okay. I, feel, <laughs> I was just in here like, I'm going to wait now. I wrote correctly. Sophia in my notes and I was like, I don't like, I don't know if that's right. No, Sophie. Sophie. Okay. I feel like Sophie and Nate still feel kind of like caricatures compared to Elliot, Hardison and Parker. Parker. Yeah. And I now love Elliot, Hardison and, and Parker. Parker. Yeah. yeah. I also think, and this is something that I did really like 
mm. is that they have established that while they have agreed to like sort of continue working mm. together, they're all still doing their own things. Mm. And I think that that is super important. Just here's some unsolicited advice from Bethany. Mm. Um, <laughs> but if anyone's interested, any kind of relationship, whether it's like a friendship or a familial relationship or a romantic relationship, like having your own interests and your own like separate mm. stuff that you do by yourself whether that's committing crimes or like having a podcast or you know if you go for a run by yourself or whatever like something that you do that you do for yourself that is independent of the relationships you have like you know I do this podcast with you obviously mm. I don't do it with any of my other friends like this is something like I know you're my you're my only podcast co-host Jamie I feel so honored. You should. But yeah, no, so, you know, and if I if I want to go for a run, like, that's something that I do for yeah. me. It's not something that I'm doing for... Uh, no, you're doing it for the podcast. So you can then tell the Yeah, story. so my lungs have a greater capacity yeah. for air, so I can speak longer. <laughs> but, you know, like, you, you do these things for yourself and because you enjoy them and not because... Basically what I'm saying is, like, you should have your own interests outside of your friendships, outside of your partners, outside of... Because it's important. And I feel like a lot of the time in TV specifically, and in real life, honestly. Supernatural. <laughs> look, I'm not even going to argue. The toxic codependency over there is something else. Yeah. But, you know, and if they're doing things on their own, it's usually a bad thing. Mm. But I feel like in a lot of TV, it's, like, very much shown that, like, people are always together. Yeah. And if they're doing something apart from each other, it almost always is a bad thing. Like it's a secretive, mm. like someone's betraying someone kind yeah. of thing. And I enjoy that. I mean, granted it's episode two of season one, yeah. but I enjoy that. It's like, no, no, this is their careers. Yeah. And they're still having their independent careers. Mm. This is like a collab that they're doing. Yeah. But they still have their own yeah. separate identities and separate agendas, mm. and it's not like suddenly all cohesive. Yeah, they do this thing a lot where they're sort of like they'll be running a job and they'll run into somebody that they knew okay, or they yeah. know. So th- there's a lot of like, oh, this is my old friend, such and such. Like yeah. you know, they do have less like frequent sort of like jobs outside of the team because as they sort of. Yeah, or you see them less yeah. frequently anyway because it's yeah. not what the show's about. Yeah. Yeah. But no, so yeah. And this is also what I was talking about at the end of it, last episode where I'm like, that last scene, mm-hmm. I don't think it actually happens. You know, the scene where they're talking to, like, the grieving family and they're like, we provide yeah. leverage. Like, I love it for drama and it does come back as a parallel later on. I just like it because Hardison's in the back looking fine. <laughs> Like, my three babies are there, just, like, one, two, three, sitting in the back. Oh, my God. Very quickly, not to derail what you're about to say, but while we're on the topic of people looking fine, Parker, in that fucking vest, when, like, she comes in and she's dressed like the officer and she does that funny little, like, salute thing and then she goes and she changes. When she comes back out, dude, if I hadn't already had my gay awakening, that would have been it. She looked great. I was very happy to see her in that. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, not objectifying anyone, but like they looked good. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, that is a running theme. Like Parker and uh, Gina Bellman, who plays Sophie. Uh huh. So Beth Risegraf and Gina Bellman. Oh my god, Beth! Yeah, her name's <gasps> Beth Risegraf. She's incredibly talented. I think she's a really solid actor. Like I yeah. think the pilot 
when I was talking about the pilot, I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, you can tell that she wasn't given great direction. She didn't know enough about her character yet to be able to really to like, flesh it out. To really flesh it out. But oh my god, my entire heart. Like, <laughs> if you can't tell, Parker's my favorite character. Yeah. I don't think you, I've ever actually explicitly said this to you because I didn't want my opinions to influence yours before. But now that you're starting to like her, like, I don't think it's going to. Yeah. Because I, I remember last episode, you're like, I don't like her. I'm like. I see why you like her. Yeah. Um, she, Hardison is my favorite. Yeah. But my favorite duo is Parker and Hardison. And Beth Rysgraf is incredibly That's talented. Yeah. Because um, she also, she does, later on, she directs episodes. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Cool, cool. That's it's it's a lot of fun. I really love. I really love. There's a lot of things that I really love about Leverage, and one of those things is in this episode specifically when Sophie and Nate are pl- pretending to be the tourists, and he treats me to a little bit of romance. <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite know how to feel about that particular. Like I like I like the the yeah. bit. I think it's I think it's fun, but I don't understand how they got in the truck. Neither do I. Like they I just... don't also know why they left behind the suitcases. Yeah, that confused me because I was like, fingerprints, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, because they weren't wearing gloves. No, no, and they just like left like personal things, and like they've got to. There's got to be like a way to yeah. trace like where they got those from. Mm-hmm. Like they can't, have, you know. Anyway, I think it was just for effect, honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's TV. It's so. TV. Yeah. Convenience. Uh, well, yeah. you know, it dr- it goes back to our favorite saying over on Drive Picks the podcast. Uh, plot, 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 convenience, 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 convenience. leverage, leverage, leverage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Actually, one of the other things, speaking of props, mm. I just want to take a moment to appreciate their phones. Yeah. I don't think modern smartphones could do the amount of shit. No. <laughs> Saying that these fucking little flip phones with their little aerials are like... Mm. <laughs> and obviously, like, this is the same thing as in, like, Supernatural, where it's like, it looks like a Walkman, but it's actually an EMF. Yeah, yeah. It's like Hardison's taken the technology available to him and extensively modified it to be able to do what he wants it to do. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. Yeah, and no, I, I, the, the 2005 quality of this technology is just, it adds some extra, you know? Yeah. And, like, the screens and the fact that the RFID thing is labelled, like, RFID and, like, massive, like, it's, like, black and white. It's, like, a massive yeah. label sticker. Yeah. Like, and you just know Hardison didn't do that for himself. He did that so all Everyone the other idiots in the team could know exactly what it was. Yeah. Like, oh, and we talked about this a little bit in the yeah. pilot, I think, as well. They're earpieces. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a problem that I have. Mm-hmm. And granted, it is not just leverage. This yeah. is, like, a problem, I think, across all, like, spy, heist, yeah. cop, whatever. Like, any anytime someone is undercover with an earpiece in, yeah. that is both an audio, mm-hmm. like, it's both a speaker and a microphone. Yeah. These people are just standing there openly talking to no one. Like, mm-hmm. if, if I was at a function like yeah. this and I'm like you know in my beautiful dress and I've got my heels yeah. or whatever and I'm like la 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 eating tiny food that costs too much you know or you're pretending to be the waiter yeah like whatever I'm doing at this at this yeah. you know place um and I'm like looking around the room and I'm like oh you know I'm I'm looking for a conversation partner I'm looking mm-hmm. to to mingle as people do not usually me but look if I was there I might and I look across the room and I'm scanning and I'm scanning and I'm scanning and I see 
a random person, Nate, let's imagine Nate, when we see a random man standing in the middle of the room, just mm. talking to himself, seemingly. Yeah, this like first that, season's really bad for that. That just feels very mm. suspicious to me. Like, couldn't he just be on it? Like, like, couldn't he be on a phone? Couldn't he so be then, in another room? Couldn't he be doing anything as that makes season, it look like he's not just talking to himself? As the season goes on, they get better about that. Good. So they, they, so they go from, like, just openly talking to themselves to, like, maybe they're taking a drink of water and they're sort of just speaking into the cup so no one can okay. see their lips yes. moving. See, that's or, like, perfect. they're pretending to be on the phone. Like, yes. there's one episode that I'm thinking of very clearly where, like, he's with the mark and they're trying to, like, give him information and he's trying to work out what the information means. So he goes, he, like, fakes a phone call and he's going, oh, i got to take this. And then he goes out and he yeah. pretends to speak on the phone while he's... Yeah. yeah. See, that, great. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, they don't do, yeah. do any of that shit. He's yeah. just standing there very openly. And, like, look, I... It's not like I've never stood in a supermarket and talked to myself, especially now we're wearing masks. Mm-hmm. I talk to myself... Almost masks would be excessively. a size fucking best friend. No one can see you talking to your right? mask on. Actually, that's a good point. It fucks up facial recognition too. Yeah. Ooh, actually, my laptop has learned to recognize me wearing a mask now. My phone hasn't, but my laptop has. <laughs> so that's that's fun. Um, but Just be nice to it for when the AI uprising. <laughs> I'm always nice to my tech. Actually, I am. It's one of those things. It's like, you know how you say thank you to printers and stuff? Mm. Every now and again, I, like, drop my phone. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> or I, like, I, I bonked my laptop last night when I was oh, putting it away. It? I bonked it. Okay. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> God, I just talked to everything. I this surprises no one. <laughs> I mean, we literally started a podcast, a form of just us talking. Yeah, because I can't shut up. Yeah. It's chronic. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I'm glad... I'm glad to know that they at least come up with yeah. ways to make it more discreet. Yeah. Like, and they, they still do occasionally just talk to themselves and room for old people. But they do also more frequently actually have an excuse for talking to themselves and a room okay, for cool. people. Cool. Or at least be standing next to each other so it looks like they're talking to each other. All right, cool. Um, I do have one other complaint about okay. that scene and just stuff that seems suspicious. Hit me with it. Okay, so after Nate is just kind of fucking standing there being a weirdo, mm-hmm. that's sus in itself, so we're just mm-hmm. going to ignore that. Uh, Sophie has done her schmoozing, which she did yes. very effectively. Wonderful. Her whole job. Um, and Elliot has been pretending to be a waiter and, like, he, he's like, I wish I could get away with that shit. Would you like the potato, the greasy duck? Which, by the way, who the fuck is going to remember that whole long-ass name that he gave? I would not. I'd be like, can I please have the, I can't pronounce it. Yeah. That's usually how I order things. If I'm like, I don't, it's like French. I'm like, can I have this one that I can't pronounce, please? And I just point at it. Mm. But, like, quite genuinely, they've made a, they've made an effort to appear as three separate entities, mm. right? Very separate. Like, we've got one person who's there as the wait staff. We've got one person who's there to schmooze. We've got one person who, like, I don't fucking know. He's just kind of weird. He's also that just sort of there to schmooze. Like, he's, he's kind of... He's, a- his idea is to be sort of, like, invisible unless he's he He's isolated has- himself by appearing to be a crazy man who talks to himself yeah. in public. So, <laughs> you know, these three individuals are very individual people within this scene, right? And given the thing that they're doing... 
that's important. They don't yeah. want to be associated together because mm-hmm. if it fell apart, they don't want to be like incriminating each yeah. other by association. Yeah. But then they all walk out the fucking door yeah. in conversation, in sync. Yeah. I'm like, guys, what was the point? At least have Elliot go out the back fucking door for the kitchen yeah. staff. At least have a two minute break minimum between fucking Nate leaving and Sophie leaving. Or at least maybe let them get into conversation so it appears normal that they would move into another room. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You just wasted... Like, what... Why bother? You could have just come in as a trio and just said you were all from the fucking company. That is not what I thought you were going to criticise about that scene. Oh, well, wait, tell me what you're criticising. The really <laughs> unnecessary thing of Sophie pulling the card out with her teeth. Oh, like, yeah, what the fuck was that? that? Oh, my goodness. Also, unhygienic. Yeah. Good grief, Who woman. Who the fuck knows what that's... Like, surely she could have just grabbed it out with her hair. Surely. Like, she's though, I will admit, though, the, the, like, the handoff she does to Elliot with, like, under, under the, the tray. Very slick. Yes. Very professional. Yes. But can you imagine if she tried to do that with her fucking teeth? No. Also, like, and I mean, this this isn't really a criticism because it's like impossible to be a criticism. Yeah. But like watching this in COVID times, yeah, her touching, like putting that in her mouth, made me so un. I was like, dude, and like you're gonna like, you're gonna be show, in the ICU next episode. This show was completely over before there was a global pandemic to yes. worry about. But also, I just I found. Even I found that very unnecessary. Like, I understand it's for, like, the shot and, like, the yeah. the framing purposes and it looks really visually interesting. But also, like, I'm just watching that, like... Yeah. I mean, feels, it feels like it feels very sus. Like, it's like, you're just walking and you see someone grab a card out with their teeth. Like, if you just see them, like, grab a It's card weird out. enough to see someone opening a wallet that's clearly not theirs, mm-hmm. let alone using their mouth to do it. Yes. And also, we know that men tend not to wash their hands after they touch their dicks. And this is a statistic. And, like, also, this episode doesn't hesitate to make fun of the fact that men are stupid and horny and kind of gross. Yes, my favourite running theme in a lot of media. In terms of the, like... When I'm like when men are lying to me, they're not bothering like to look me in the eyes. I loved that. Like I loved that she was like, yeah, he looked me in the eye. He was clearly lying. That's the only time they do that. And I was like, damn, girl, I need you to come with me as a second when I go on dates. Like, (laughs) um, but yeah, no, you're right. That did also annoy me because for a variety of reasons. Um, but yeah, that it just. I don't know. It just seemed like such a weird choice that they would completely negate. Yeah. That they had, they, they made very clearly Clear. separate identities, yeah. separate reasons to be there, which is, makes sense. It's very And smart. then if they, they needed to, they could pivot and, and associate with each other yeah. if they needed to. But like they, they didn't link their identities to start with because they didn't know what con they were running yet. Yeah. Because they, at that point, they still thought they were just stealing the evidence that they were behind the shooting so that they could blackmail the company into giving them enough money because they hadn't discovered the container yet. Yeah. But I just, anyway, it just seemed weird that they would risk all of that. Like, they put in all that yeah. effort and it worked great and then yeah. they just risk it by, like... Walking out together. Yeah. And it's like... And I get it because they want the shot of, like, the power trio. They've got yeah. them in the little triangle formation, like, ducks, yeah. you know? Like, I get it. And I also get, like, they just realised that they're probably going to kill... Corporal Perry again. So, like, they're all like, we have to get out of here now so that he doesn't die. Yeah, but I still just think, like, honestly, you could have, he could, Elliot could have walked out a back door and met them at the front. Yeah. Like, it was, you know, it's not the end of the world. Hmm. Um, 
I have a question for you. Okay. Speaking of Corporal Perry, mm-hmm. when he's in his, like, OT, mm-hmm. um, and Nate is interviewing him right at the start of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, the scene with the iconic line, no, he's cool, dog. I, I found, found him, him on, on the, the internet. internet. Yeah, yeah that, because that never ends well. Yeah, right. That was funny. I'll, I'll grant them that. That was quite entertaining. But the Doctor and Nate, mm. I was like, do they fucking know each other? No. They seemed so familiar and like like with each other. Mm-hmm. And she's like going at him like, you know, running your cons. How does she even know who the fuck he is? Well, she doesn't. She's just like assuming because he sort of popped up out of nowhere. And it just seems it just he's seems promising very Corporal weird. Perry all of these things cuz like she's been kind of listening. I don't know. Like she I, she knows what's happening. Like well, she doesn't. She she, she does Yeah, she thinks she knows what's happening and what she thinks she knows is happening is that Nate's going to come in, basically pretend to be a private investigator or some shit, find absolutely no evidence, and just leave Colonel Perry. Take his money. Take his money yeah. and leave him with nothing. Like, she thinks that's the scam. Yeah. She doesn't believe that Nate actually wants to help him. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, it just, something about the way that they were, like, talking, and, like, it was just, like, they were very familiar, and I was so confused. I was like, it... I was like, plot-wise, it doesn't seem like they should know mm-hmm. each other. But, like, the way this is coming across, I'm like, I feel like like they go way back. Mm. It was very confusing for me. So, I don't know. Maybe that was just my read of it. But, yeah. like, it was just... I, no, I thought it was odd. They're, they're not meant to have known each other. It might just be... It might even just maybe be Maybe the that, actors know each yeah, other. Yeah. It might yeah. even just be that the actors know each other. And so, like, a little bit of that familiarity sort of came through in the scene. But even in the dialogue... Like, it's very, it feels, like, very much like when you have a conversation between characters where they're like, I know you, I know your games, yeah. like, I've seen you do this See, a million times before kind of thing. Because I, I read that scene more as, like, she's had this happen before with other people. Yeah, yeah. And so she's now just, like, putting Nate in that same box. Yeah, and that makes sense, but it's not how it came across to yeah. me. Like, like talking about it, yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah. like, personally, when I was watching it, I was like, what's happening here? Yeah. Um, also a quick note. His fiance left him? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Jenny left him. Jenny's a bitch. Yeah. Wait, do you reckon that's the same Jenny? <laughs> Jenny left him and then immediately got, got turned into a got vampire. Got remarried and got turned into a vampire. Yeah. That's my headcanon now. Okay. That's how I'm tying the supernatural universe into, into Even leverage. from the second episode. <laughs> I love that. So that's weird. Yeah. But what else was weird was the video. Yeah. Now... Cheating on her with a slutty camel? It's a joke. Yeah, I know it's a joke. I just think it's a weird one. Yeah. It, it, it was... It's very much a man joke. Yeah. But I, would, <laughs> I don't know how else I to explain I would like to that. posit that it's a man joke in a different way to the man jokes in Supernatural. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a man joke because it's kind of weird and it's kind of it's creepy. It's just stupid. It's but it's not a man joke in like a, oh we're gonna make gay people the butt of the joke. Like Yeah, we're it's not actually homophobic. We're gonna suggest that this guy is into bestiality. But also <laughs> in the narrative it's framed as a joke. Yeah, like yeah. it's not like Too oh bad. he actually slept with the cat it's this one yeah. guy is giving his friend a hard time by Coming up with something stupid. I just, I just thought it was a weird thing to go for. Like yeah. I was like, you could have made a lot of jokes. Jokes there. Yeah. You, you could have done anything. Like, but you chose to say that he was fucking a camel. Yeah. I just, I was like, mm-mm. 
It's a choice. <laughs> how I many f- people screened this? Like, I forgot how jarring that opening sequence is, though. And, like, you're yeah. watching the home video, you're like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, okay, like, these two guys. And then it just, out of nowhere, it's like, you just get shot. gunshot start. And you're like, oh, fuck. Mm. That was, like, a real quick 180. Yeah. Actually, I love, because you have the video. Yeah. They play it for, yeah. like, all the criminals. I love that Elliot, like, knows yeah. the gun. And it made me think, because then later in the episode, he's talking about... Um, he says, it's a, very, it's a very distinctive yeah. sound. that is a reoccurring joke. And then with the knife fighting later, he's like, it's a very distinctive style. And I realised, for a character who specifically is like, I don't like... I think he said don't like guns, yeah, but it seems like to guns. be, like, doesn't yeah. like weapons in general. Yeah. He knows... A lot about weapons and how to use them for someone who doesn't like them. So there's actually a quote that's really relevant that he says later on. Okay, so I'll learn more about this. You'll learn more about this. I assume it was probably a backstory thing. I don't think it's like a spoilery quote, so if you're happy to hear it, I'm happy to tell you. No, I kind of want to get it organically. Yeah, but there... Like, there is a reason that he doesn't like weapons, and that reason is not he's not any good with weapons. Mm. I, I will say that. Like... His reason for not liking guns isn't because he's, like, you know, a terrible shot. Yeah. Well, I didn't assume it was because we see him take out a camera with a rock. Yeah. um, From 100 metres away. (laughs) I'm sorry. It was too far away for you to punch. I'm sure that really frustrates you. Yes. I love that as well. Like, actually, Hardison had some really good lines in this episode. I did write down a couple... Um, my favourites, uh, I'm a professional criminal and I find that disturbing. Yes. (laughs) I will say though, a little correction from last week. Last week I said Hardison is 22 in the pilot. He's not, he's uh, 24. He's not, he's 22. Oh, okay. So he's so really young. Yeah. Yeah. Same age. Oh, well that makes sense because when that actor appears in Supernatural, they're at the same Same age. Same age. Yeah. And that was about the same time. Like this is 2005 or 2006 and that Supernatural episode was like 2007. 2006, 2007. It would have been shot 2006. It would have been shot either 2006 or 2007 because yeah. it was released in 2007. Yeah. Um, I don't know anyway. anymore about the time. But, <laughs> but yeah, so he's only 22, which... Like, yeah. Um, he's a lot. <laughs> I also love he's got a line where he's like... Now, it goes into... It's when they've been listening to the phone call that yeah. they record and it's like, whatever you call rich guys on the phone make up sex. Yeah. And I was like, I love that. <laughs> Um, Hardison is really used as like some of the comedic relief and he has some very incredible lines and Hardison I, I mentioned in watching the pilot like some of the only parts that I truly enjoyed about the pilot episode were Hardison's mm-hmm. little like quips and digs yeah. and like him on the rolly chair like that's like, exactly the scene I was thinking yeah like he's the, as an actor mm-hmm. he's very his comedic timing is excellent Aldous Hodge is another one where it's like fantastic actor yeah like honestly i think the entire cast like the entire main cast i look at them and i'm like they're actually really good actors and aldous hodge is one of those ones yeah. where it's like he is a really good actor like after this he's gone on to do some like pretty big stuff incredible shit like yeah which makes it even more mind-boggling that he was in the 2007 episode <laughs> of supernatural all hell blakes loose part one and two <laughs> <laughs> brings me joy that you know that <laughs> Speaking of the scene where they're, like, listening to the phone recording. Yeah. So, pretty much immediately after that, we have this shot of Nate is explaining how it's money laundering. And it's, yeah. he's, like, drawing on the tablet and it's, like, going on the screen. They show him, quote, unquote, and I am air quoting yeah. here for visual uh, reference, drawing. Yeah, he's drawing. Yeah. 
He's just doing fucking circles. His head is just going in circles over the fucking tablet. And then on the thing, it shows like arrows. There is not a fucking circle on that damn screen. And that is all that he is doing on the fucking tablet. I was like, this is some mad interpretation. (laughs) So what happened there was the director was like, just draw whatever. Like, we're going to cut it. No one's even going to tell. No one's looking that closely. And it's just him doing fucking circles. And then like short, like... Overall, the map thing he draws is a circle, but it's a circle of arrows and there's like dollar signs and shit. And it literally shows there's a shot of him drawing just a a couple of quite, like you can see that he's just doing big circle motions. Like, because he does actually do like a couple of like miscellaneous lines later on, but like he draws circles He he does like three big circles at one point and then it cuts from that to the screen. There are no circles. But it does show a new dollar sign. Mm. And I was like, how did those three giant circles correlate? And what gets me, though, is the diagram isn't in... Because I made it look like you could feasibly draw it pretty quickly. Yeah. There, like, the actor wouldn't have been able to do that. Like, like no. it's, it's not like it, it's not like it's a massive, complex diagram. Like, they could have just shown him, like, this is what it looks like. This is the order it's going to appear in. Roughly drawn a pot of they could have done? Is they could have done, you know, with like Photoshop and you yeah. can have layers. Yeah. They could have literally just put a layer down that had the diagram. diagram. He could have traced it. Yeah. And then they could have just removed the layer in post. Yeah. Like they could have done that and they didn't. I'm like, oh man, I don't know. It. I don't really care that much. Yeah. Like I, I was watching it. I was like, there's no fucking way he just drew that diagram that quickly. Like he's been yeah. talking for two seconds and half the diagram's drawn. But. The circle thing really annoyed me. Like, a lot. <laughs> Look, I can't even, like, be like, oh, you're being unfair, because, like, I have pulled up Supernatural for less. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, look, while we're on Nate, because yeah. I feel like every dumb decision in this episode was made by Nate, and yeah. I know that he's supposed to be the ringleader, but, mm-hmm. oh, God. Okay, they're running through the hospital. Yeah. Elliot's doing a great job of, like, noticing things. Like, he yeah. sees, oh, the Crocs, which, iconic. And then he's like, wait, those guys aren't wearing Crocs. They must be evil. So, you know, association. Yeah, like, I usually would assume if someone was wearing Crocs that they were evil. evil but look. It's, it's more about like, <laughs> look, all of the other like normal staff members are wearing. Oh, yeah. Like, I understand. That I, sort of footwear. Like, they must be the most practical type of footwear for yeah. this profession. I, I completely understand the like how he got there. And I, I, I see yeah. that. Um, narrative. Like, I it's also, visual storytelling. I also really like, though, that it's the sort of visual storytelling and clues that you could piece together as an audience member. Yeah. You could go, oh, those guys are the odd ones out. Yeah, it's a very obvious visual cue. And it's also not like fucking Sherlock, oh, there's scratches on the bottom of the phone, therefore they're an alcoholic. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's not like that level of insane jump. Yeah. So, anyway, so, like, you get that and you're like, okay, so he's tracking them down. And then, uh, is it Nate and Parker are moving? Nate and Sophie. Sophie. Yeah. Nate and Sophie are moving. Because Parker and Hardison are still breaking into the office. Yeah, that's right. And so they're, like, moving this guy to the, you know, to get him out so that he doesn't die, which is all well and good. But then Nate spots these two dudes coming after them. Yeah. And you see um, Elliot is, like, down the other end of the corridor, and he's, like, coming to, like, beat them up or whatever. But they're too close, and Nate or Sophie have to do something. Yeah. And Nate, in the calmest, slowest way... Takes a stretcher, which is just there, yeah. conveniently. It's mm. by an elevator. Plop, plop, this plop. Would convenience, convenience, convenience. Leverage, leverage, leverage. Yes. Yeah. He just so, oh, so calmly moves it very gently across the doorway. I'm like, bro, 
What was the point of... Like, if you're gonna use a fucking stretcher or, like, gurney or whatever it was... Like, roll it at them. Or, like, at least be vigorous. And then they can repeat the supernatural shot in Phantom Traveler with the dress (laughs) cast. Exactly. Like, you know, at least at least be vigorous about it. At least have a little, a sense of urgency. Sir. And then he has the fucking, with the defibrillator. Which would, could fucking kill them. Right? Yeah, right? They, they're not good guys. And also, think- what was the defib just doing next to the elevator? What was it? Uh, do you know, actually, I didn't realise it was a defib until he, I thought he was rolling him. You know when, uh, yeah. in primary school, when they're like, I don't know, we've got a relieved teacher, let's just watch Round the Twist. <gasps> oh, yeah, like, the, you know the, the exact, old, like, yeah, TV the on giant the boxy yeah. thing, and they just, like, roll it out, we're gonna, we're gonna watch yeah. Round the Twist season one, disc one, for the 18th time, yeah. No, you're gonna watch Round the Twist, the one with the, um, fish and the penis. <laughs> do you know what? The one I always remember is, uh, the one with the lipstick and the pigs. That was the one that I always nah. saw. That's the one that I saw a million times in primary school. Was the lipstick and the pigs and I don't know if the I one where he it. fucks a tree. Oh, I do remember the one where he fucks a tree. <laughs> Iconic Australian childhood core memories. <laughs> Maybe we should do a round the twist rewatch podcast albums. That would actually be amazing. I would be Maybe we should do we'll do that after this. <laughs> anyway. Maybe maybe we should start a third podcast that's like, yeah, we've both seen it. I mean, everyone's seen the time life and we start with a good place. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway. So, yeah, I didn't know it was a defib until he hit him with it. And I was just like, that would, like, you could kill someone. Yeah. Like, you could send them into cardiac arrest doing that. That's, like, there's a reason you don't just use a defib. Yeah. Random. Like, you try anything else to resuscitate first because it's an electric current. And like, yeah, it like it restarts your heart, but if your heart isn't stopped, all you're gonna do is disrupt the existing Look, as long as it's not ten thousand volts, you're all right. Hundred thousand. Hundred thousand volts. Yeah. You know, and um a lot of these jokes aren't gonna make sense if you have the podcast. Not to keep plugging it, but you should give it a listen. Um I make some fantastic jokes, which are apparently only funny if you have previously watched Supernatural. <laughs> um But yeah, and so Anyway, so let's let's recap. So he stood weirdly in a room yep. talking to himself. Yeah. Right? He has then called everyone together to leave in a posse. Yeah. Silly. He has then calmly rolled a stretcher in front of the oncoming enemy. This does nothing. He has then potentially murdered someone in a hospital. Just in the... Why not? He then... Right? Also, we should dock him points for that hideous accent. I'm getting to that. Um, then he immediately... They go back to their, like, office thing... And yeah, he's which, just getting so hammered. Yeah. Hammered. I'm like, bro, yeah. he's right an now does not seem like an appropriate time to get off your face. That is tongue. a running theme. He's an alcoholic. <laughs> right? But, like, I was like, dude, anyway. Mm. And then you can tell that the alcohol's done something to him. Because the next day he can't speak properly. Mm. Because that accent is atrocious. I don't even know what, like geographical location he was going for. Like, don't get me wrong. He's from upstate. There was, there are some weird accents in Supernatural. Hashtag Misha Collins as the empty. We will get there. But, I don't even, like, it was, the thing is that you can tell that the accent isn't supposed to be bad. Like, it feels like it should be on purpose bad accent. But you can tell that it's not, and that makes it worse. It's just what is he doing? <laughs> it's a choice. Clearly. I do want to talk about 
just really briefly, I know that acting Sophie makes you uncomfortable, but she I just does. can't believe Peggy killed her first husband. <laughs> what a fucking plot twist. I Look, I appreciate that she like goes to such depth with her character work. I just think that she shouldn't bother. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I did actually want to talk about was the introduction of Leverage HQ. Oh, this yeah. is leverage, little... which in the uh, pre-thoughts you were like, oh, maybe like an office building, but like, mm. no, they have an office. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's all like very much like... I but... love the fucking painting. Old Nate? Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. So you'll be really excited to hear Old Nate does come back. Like, oh, it, it is... Excellent. It is... It, it becomes... I'm not going to lie, I mostly like it because Nate seems to not like it. Yeah, he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> it is... Uh... Is thing. So what do you think of Leverage HQ, specifically Parker buying a plant? <laughs> I really love that. I Here's the thing. I really like that. I, you've said a lot, a mm. lot, that this show is a lot about found family. Mm. This, like, Parker, Hardison suggesting people bring photos and mm. buy plants, and Parker actually buying a mm-hmm. plant is where I'm like, oh, okay, I see that. Yeah. I see that settling in. Yeah. And... I think it's nice. Obviously, you don't know a lot about these characters' like backstories as of yet, but you do definitely get the impression, just based on their career choices and Parker's blowing up her parents, yeah. that they're probably quite lonely characters mm. and they probably, especially like given their line of work, you know, they don't have those sort of like home bases mm. because it's dangerous to stay in one place for too long and like all these things and you're moving around doing different jobs in different places and all this stuff. Mm. So I think it's really nice. I, and I think it will be valuable as a location within the narrative, mm-hmm. you know, because it's the kind of place where it's like, oh, if you've never been in a situation before where you haven't had consistent, stable access to housing, you may not understand how good it feels to have a space that you can actually call yours and you can be like, this is my room and it has my stuff. That is, I think, such an underappreciated situation because being in a place where you don't have that is stressful and it is upsetting and it is you feel very out of place. And so I think it's nice for these characters to be able to have that kind of tether, mm. I guess, you know, and a place where they can be like, okay, this is my desk. And it's got my plant on it and it's got my favorite paperweight or, you know, whatever yeah. the fuck else. Or like, you know, this is where I hang that weird painting of Nate, who's an old man, like, <laughs> and, and make it your space. It's not old Nate though. It's Harlan Leverage the third. <laughs> fucking sorry. <laughs> but you know, like having a space that is yours and is stable and has, is just, you know, you have made it your own is so important psychologically and emotionally and it allows for growth because it allows for vulnerability. Yeah. You know? But also I do So that really was probably hate... a bit more deep than, than I, you were I also do really hate when they walk in the first time into like the technology room with all the screens and it just goes and it like mm. whirs and it's like, oh that's a Yeah. <laughs> like I get the dramatic entrance thing, I really like that. And again, Nate's dramatic entrances feature in that scene where he's like, Stop kicking the tires. But like weird fucking saying. Yeah. Um, speaking of music, the fucking spy music. Oh my God. Oh, like, I get it. But like, it, 
It does feel a little tacky. I'm like, it, yeah, it's it's so much the stereotypes. Like, if you think of, if you've never heard this music, imagine spy music. That's it. That's the music. <laughs> it is consistently applied throughout the five seasons. It is so terrible and I love it. Oh. It, you know how you were saying in Supernatural, like, Dean's theme is a thing that's, like, reoccurring and you can yeah. always tell, like, it's an emotional moment when you hear Dean's theme. Yeah. Oh, nice to know you listen to me. They do the same thing with their music, except for, like, they have music for everything. Yeah. Like, and they, they reuse motifs a lot. Okay. Like, the music, when, like, the reveal of exactly what actually happened and all the things in, like, in this episode, specifically when, like, they use the cancelling of the mahogany wood panelling to force yeah. the congressman to come to the shipyard. Which I liked because I thought when I first saw the, like, mahogany thing, I thought that was just for fun. Yeah. Like, I thought they were just cancelling his order because he was a dick. Hey. <laughs> attention yeah they always mention little fucking bits and bobs yeah. and it always everything's comes back. important yeah they I'm don't to get that like there, there are a couple of times i can think of where they do mention stuff that turns out to be not that important but like even in the first episode where they're talking about like the uh bearing aerospace has defense contracts yeah and they're like can we use that and like they're like, oh, no, like, he doesn't work for the defense section, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Comes back around because it yeah. means that the FBI don't have to wait to get any sort of warrants because of the defense contracts. Yeah. Means they can just raid the place and it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, like, even stuff that they initially dismiss can come back. Like, yeah. Just because they've dismissed it means nothing. Anything Sometimes, they've mentioned is important. Yeah. yeah. Um, talking about this, I do understand why there is so, supernat- so much supernatural slash leverage yeah. fanfic. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Um, there is a character actually coming up in season three of Supernatural, mm-hmm. which we haven't quite, quite gotten, gotten to yet, yet, but we will we're well we're about to start it. Yeah. There is a character introduced in season three named Bella Talbot. Mm-hmm. And she would slot into this show seamlessly. Oh, that makes me excited to meet her. Yeah. She like I was watching it and I was like, oh, there has to be a leverage supernatural fic with Bella in it. There, yeah. ha- there, surely, if you're going to write a fic where it's supernatural characters interacting with the leverage world, mm. there is no way you don't include Bella. That would just be such a fucking waste. So, like, I get it. I yeah. do. Like, between, obviously, like, characters like Hardison, like, and, uh, oh, to be fair, like, Parker and Elliot, like, all of these characters, like, I can immediately be like, oh, yeah, I see how you interact with yeah. supernatural so characters. Parker, Elliot, and Hardison are really popular candidates for shoving them in the supernatural world or yeah. having, like, sort of having the premise be that the supernatural world is also the leverage world. Yeah. And, like, that sort of overlap. And there's a like, really interesting meta about yeah. that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it easy because so many of the actors are in both shows. shows. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, you don't even know, and I can't tell you, but there, there is another point that does become important and that I only know is important because I've seen spoilers for Supernatural, but you have not seen spoilers for, for Leverage, leverage. <laughs> so you do not know how accurate it is yet, mm. so I can't say anything because, like, we're not on the same level of spoilers, <laughs> okay. you know what I mean? Um, but, but, like, there is another factor that, like, ties into that that also makes it really popular for Supernatural fabric. Yeah. Is that um, with Mark Shepard? Yes. A little bit. But also there's another thing oh, that you okay. don't know about that. Ooh. I know you don't know about because I kind of roundabout asked you it spicy. in the pre-thoughts and you had no idea. Jamie, so, look at you in your mind game. You, you don't even know. <laughs> Um, 
But yes, no, so Bella would slot in immaculately into yeah. this show. And once we've gotten to her character, if you wanted to read some supernatural leverage fanfic, I would recommend something with Bella in it, because I think it would be great. But like, I'm, I'm yeah. going to go find some. Like, yeah. once I've seen more of Leverage, yeah. I'm going to go find fanfic that is about this. Like, I'm very excited to see how it works. And if it doesn't exist, I'm going to make it. <laughs> I have one more point. Okay. Go. Hit me with it. Okay. Not literally, please. <laughs> Yeet. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Actually, I have two more points. Okay. One's about Nate again. Mm-hmm. So I'll get that out of the way quickly. So he does his whole fucking spiel at the end of the episode about how we're the good guys now and, you know, very Robin hood And the Tesla driving off and yeah. product placement. To- yeah. I was like, hang on a minute. Hang on a fucking minute. Because they're talking about this whole show, so much of this show, mm. and it's very evident, even at episode two, is about fuck the rich, yeah. help everyone else. Yeah. And then he bought a Tesla. Yeah. I think that was simply a function of, like, Tesla was the only electric car that was really prevalent in 2005. I was going to say, I, like, amazing that he bought the electric car. Like, yes, Yes. absolutely, environmentally, you know. 2005 is before Elon Musk became, like... So, so, okay, so it's just aged poorly. It's just aged poorly. It's, like, in hindsight, it's like, oh, now Elon Musk is exactly the sort of villain villain, that he tech down. Exactly. But uh, back in 2005, Tesla was still, like... Just a revolutionary car company that had only, like, I'm just going to go through and work out what the dates are so I can give you actual context. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I love the premise of, like, buying an electric car and, like, yeah, like, if I had the money, I would buy an electric car, you know, just because, obviously, you know. Okay, yeah. So, the first, so this is actually the Tesla Roadster. And I know this. So, this actually, I think it's more like 2000, because it was released in 2008. So, literally, like, this is released just as this car was released. Okay. Yeah. Like, I... Which makes sense, because top of the range, like, that's it's top what of the range bought with all that money. Yeah. It's the first car that Tesla ever released. Oh, So, like, shit. this is before... Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Because I was like, it seems like a very mixed message you're sending. That one was released in 2008, and so this was released in December of 2008. So, this is before Elon Musk became massively rich. Okay. So this one, he was like a normal wealthy man and not like an ins- insanely, completely unethical He wasn't like a bajillionaire yet. Like, yeah. And he also hadn't been revealed to be like a fucking Nazi yet. So Yeah, that too. Fun. Um, which, why are rich people the worst? Fun <laughs> fact, a lot of these episodes, like the villains are actually based on real people. Oh God, I love that. That's yeah, funny. I... I will try and find, I'll try and track down a list of exactly who, like, they're based on. And not all of them are based on things, but there are, like, there are some that it's, like, oh, there's this one and I can't tell you about it because it's, like, massive spoilers. But it's, like... It's hard, isn't it? (laughs) It's, like, there's this one villain and it's, like, it's the one that really hits me hardest because it's, like, this whole thing. And it's, like, yeah, but in real life it was worse. Like, like when the episode was released, everyone was like, oh, like, this is unrealistic. Like, that would never happen. Like, yeah. like you've gone a bit too far now. Like, this is unbelievable. This, this yeah. is so bad. And it's like, oh, no, in reality it was worse. Like, the actual person they based this villain on, yeah, it was worse. Like, the actual situation that they are, like, drawing from for reference, it was worse. Like, no matter how bad you think it is, it was worse. Oh, and when shit. we get there, because it's like, I think it's like third season. Maybe we'll like, do like a sub episode or something. I will bring it up again and I'll be like, yeah. 
It was worse. Well, I both look forward to and definitely don't look forward to that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of the villains in Leverage are, like, they looked at real-life people who got away with shit like this. Yeah. And, like, sort of based... Obviously, they can't do, like, a... Like, oh, this is... It's not a documentary. (laughs) Like, obviously, they're not doing, like, a... Oh, this is, you know, horrible... Mr. Smith, who da 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 da, da and the actual person is named Mr. Smith, because then they could get done for slander. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they they definitely like there are there are episodes where it's like this is based on an yeah. actual. They're not being like ah the villain of the week, Beffrey Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of like, but they actually they actually do have one that's <laughs> really on the nose. Yeah. Uh, and I will tell you about it when we get there because I don't think I don't think this episode is based on anyone specific. I think this is just like based on like the corruption that is I was in say the military and the government. The yeah. military, which talk about starting off strong. This is episode two. Yeah, they're and really they've not already gone punches, are they? Fuck the police, fuck the military, fuck the government, fuck the government <laughs> and fuck the rich. Like yeah. they are they are like, we're gonna just go in for all of it. Like yeah. they are not <laughs> not holding any punches. No. Um I do have one point remaining. Yeah. It is unfortunately a negative point. I obviously I can understand the point of the episode. I understand that the whole thing is they steal the money and they give it to the hospital. Yeah. How the fuck is the hospital gonna like what are they gonna <sighs> do? You can't just give them a truck of money. Yeah. What are they gonna fucking do with that? And like the hospital stuff like, oh my goodness, all this money. I'm like, bro. Fucking pocket it and leave. Because you can't, like, you can't give that to a hospital. No. Like, if you're making a donation, you sign a fucking check and it goes through the bank. Like, what are they going to do with the pallet of money? Take it down to ANZ? <laughs> like. Yeah. What? I don't think they logistically thought that through. They would have yeah. been better off hardest in depositing it into, like, over yeah, two right. dozen accounts. And then having, like, each of those two dozen accounts donate, like, yeah. $10,000 each or something. Yeah, as like, like, anonymous donations. Yeah. Like. I, I, Which I'm assuming is what they're going to have to do, like, frame it as, like, a whole bunch of, like, little petty cash donations to the hospital versus, like... Yeah, a whole bunch. It's how it's millions of it's dollars. Millions they're going to have to yeah. do, like, two million petty cash deposits uh, to be that or maybe worker. My m- God. Maybe they're just going to give it, like, directly, like, they're going to frame it as, like, the reservists who have returned paying for the treatment and just pay off the bills that way. And then yeah, have it split over all of the... But it's still really it's, sus if it's there's... it's all cash. Yeah. And all at one time. Like, it just... I was like... It's, an, it's again the case of, like, they've gone to a huge amount of effort to not appear suspicious, only to completely like, nullify it. Yeah. At the last possible second. I'm like, and, like... And I it's just an open truck. There's just people fucking walking past on the street looking into this truck. And as fun as the reel of, like, there's nothing up my sleeve, and then immediately, like, getting rid of yeah. the paper barrier, which... Look, I don't know how Nate and Sophie got onto the truck, but, like, it is really fun that it's revealed, like, that the whole reason they managed to get on the truck and not get detected is because, like, him, Parker, Elliot, like, the the four of them in the back with Hardison driving, the four of them are putting up this, like, paper that makes it look like the truck is empty. Yeah. Which, like, again, like, great. Really fun, really, but it's also, like, that is a lot of cash. It's, but it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And also, they open... Like, they've clearly taken some of the money out. But it's still all the way at the front. But it's still all the way at the front when they open the container. And also, how the fuck did they move... How heavy 
must those pallets be? I didn't yeah. see them have a fucking forklift. But anyway, like it's it's what is funny is that like obviously suspension of disbelief. Yeah. You know, the only part for me that really ruined that. Yeah. Was the very end where they tried to give the hospital millions of dollars in fucking cash bricks. Yeah. I was like, that is the dumbest fucking thing. And in a very public way. Like, yeah. we, we criticise Supernatural a lot for talking about crimes Crime in, in the public. Street, yeah. They just... Do it. Yeah, but... They do crimes is... in the middle of the street. Oh, my... It was just the most bizarre way yeah. for them to finalise that. Like, they could have shown, like, people at the hospital being like... Oh my goodness, did you hear? Did you hear about the donation we got? Did you hear? And like like having like whisper discussion and have the doctor come over like, what are you guys all talking about? And they'd be like, oh my God, look at this. Like, did you hear about this donation that we got? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. And like that could have been how she found out. And she could have had like an oh, italicized O moment, mm. you know? And like, it could have been like Corporal Perry, you know, being like, told you they had it like you know like you could have had something like that and then it cuts to like all of them like at the table like having like a, you know a, a post job like yeah. debrief with like you know some some snacks or whatever they could have done that and they didn't they just put a fucking truck with money in it, it uh, yeah <sighs> secret good leverage that lives in my head <laughs> um <laughs> okay so i did have like a couple of final points to make because mm-hmm. I think they are important to note so that you they're in your brain going forward. Got you, got you. Uh, one of them is the scene where they're going around and they're realizing Corporal Perry is not a victim; he's a witness, mm-hmm. and that I'd argue he's probably both. Yes, but like the reason that he's being targeted is not because yeah. he was a victim of the shooting, but because they think he was a witness to the illegal money. Yeah. I think it's really important to know when they're going around and they're like, no, nah, we can't do this. Like, there's actual danger now. Yeah. They're like, like, let's pull the plug. Like, we didn't account for this. We didn't sign up for this. Yeah. And Nate's like, well, you came to me. Like, you you were the ones who suggested that we do this again. Like, yeah. Because at the end of the episode, of course, last week, Nate was they all like... came back to him. I saw yeah. a, a post about uh, them following him like ducklings. Yeah. Yeah. Very accurate. Yeah. They're going around the table, and Sophie's like, I stole paintings for a living. Parker's like, mm-hmm. no one got hurt. Harden's like, I didn't hurt anyone. And Ellie's just like, well, actually, I did. Yeah. Because it's very – I think it's very interesting to look at it from the perspective of even in this group of thieves, Ellie is the odd one out. Yeah, that is interesting. It's an interesting moral thing. And it's it's doubly interesting because it's Elliot, because, again, the whole thing about not liking weapons. Mm. So, no, I did notice that actually in the episode. I didn't bring it up because I was like, I've got a million other things I want to say. Yeah. But yes, no, I did notice that. And I, yeah, I think it's just important moving forward to remember, like, I think they do it quite well, actually, throughout the entire season of, like, remembering, like, these are not good people. Like, mm. they By have, society's standards. I think the series does a really good thing of reminding you that these characters, like, they're not good people. Like, yeah, they have a moral compass now. Yeah, they only work to help people now, but previously, like, they had no such... Yeah, it was very much me, me, me. It was they were doing what they had to, or at least what they thought they had to do to survive. So I think it is an important thing to, like, keep in mind in terms Mm -hmm. of character development and, like, characterization, especially in this first season, that, like, Elliot is very much, like, sort of the odd one out because Mm -hmm. all of the others... They they mainly did like non violent crimes. Yeah. Whereas like 
Elliot. His, that's his specialty. Specifically, like, his specialty is violent crimes. Mm. You know? I did love the bit in this episode where he's, like, in the, like, standoff with that dude and then the phone's ringing and he's like, is that you or me? <laughs> like, your mama got that number? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a very important thing to do. I would also like to point out one more thing that I think is going to be something that I do want to note, just sort of for the podcast, a little bit for you, but mainly for the podcast. Yeah. The first instance of Hardison gets pushed off a building. Oh, is that a recurring theme? It's it? a recurring theme in this show. Hardison gets pushed off buildings a lot. He doesn't like it, mainly because of the effect of gravity on his manly squishy bits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Excellent line. And uh, when the hell was you going to test it? Yeah. Iconic. Uh, yes. So that is something that is consistent. and We should have a counter. Yeah. <laughs> it is something that I do think is worth noting because it does come... We should add that to the Full spreadsheet. Later on. Hardison gets pushed off a building, yes yeah. or no. <laughs> yeah. And he absolutely does in this. The other one you'd have to add is very distinctive because does Elliot say, oh, it's a very distinctive. Because that's yeah. how he explains knowing. He did it knowing, twice just in this episode. That's how he explains knowing anything. <laughs> like anything that's really niche that, and they're like, how do you know that? He's like, it's, it's very, very distinctive. distinctive. Yeah. Okay. We'll have two counters. We'll have a very distinctive counter and a Hardison gets pushed off a building counter. Mm. Perfect. Reoccurring, they come back a lot. It's a they are recurring bits, and I think they are very funny personally. Okay, I think that means that we're at the end of the episode today. Yes. Anything else that you'd like to add, Beth? No, I'm all tapped out. Okay, all good. So I think we have to move on to the rating for this week's episode. What do you give it out of five? Um, I thought this episode was stronger than the pilot. Yep. But I also don't think it was like incredible. Like. <laughs> I still had a lot of things about it where I was like, I mean, I don't really know why you're doing that. Yeah. And so I think for that reason, I'll give it like a, I'll give it a 2.5. I think that's fair because like, I think it's a midway, like out of five, 2.5 is like, it's a midway. Yeah. Like, it's it was, five out of 10. It's average. Yeah. Like it's fine. Like I didn't, I like the character. I think the characterization is a lot stronger in this episode. But you can tell they're still trying to find it. But there's still like Nate. Choices confuse me. I hated Sophie's fake acting. You know, yeah. like just I understand it, like that it's part of her like character or whatever. But it just for me personally, I find it so just unpleasant to watch. Yeah, like it's not funny. It just feels awkward to me. Um, they do later on do a better job of like showing that she's a bad actor and not just like straight up telling you by having yeah like her. Being a bad actor. Like, it's I think more it, sort of like they show the reactions to her acting versus, like, her, her actual, actually acting. Because I think – here's the thing. I know that some people really like, like, as, like, comedy, mm. that sort of secondhand embarrassment, embarrassment. comedy. Yeah. It's actually very popular. I just hate it. There's, like, a whole genre of movies dedicated to it. Yeah. And it's – there are movies that I avoid, like, the fucking plague. That's Fair just it makes that's a personal. That's a personal. That's thing. a personal thing. So, like, I recognize not everyone will agree with me on that, but I this isn't about you. This is about me. So, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very much the same of some of my ratings, where I'm like, I can see how it would appeal to somebody, but like, also, like, it made me physically uncomfortable to watch this. Like, yeah, exactly. So, I yeah, I didn't like it. Um, and again, like, it just they put so much effort into some of these plot points and then some of it, I'm just like, you just completely fucking... It's like they thought so much of it through and like so And then much at the last like second they were like, I don't know, just do it. Yeah. Like, it's like you put 110% in for like the first three, four days of your yeah. work week and then on the last day they were just like, eh, well, we tried really hard for the first four days so Friday's a uh, free day. Yeah. 
We're just going to dump this truck of money. On yeah, literally. And hope that they know what to do with it. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I do I do see what you mean there. Like, it's very much like a lot of it is like it's very slick. It's very thought through. Like, 90%, this is very jarring when it's 90% not. of the episode is like you can't find a single plot hole. Like, all of this works. All of the timings work out. Everything, like, lines up. Everything is yeah. planned meticulously. And then they do shit and then like, like pulling like, cards out of wallets with their teeth. And teeth. you're like, what are you doing? What are you fucking doing? Oh, my God. And then they do stuff like leaving the fucking, like, suitcases there. It's like... Yeah. It's like they were like, for a minute, let's just forget... All of the meticulous yeah. work we put into making this believable and yeah. make it completely unbelievable for a second for the visual effect. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating. And so I'm also docking half a point entirely because of the fake accent. Yeah. Because that was shocking. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think... It is the introduction of a trope that gets used extensively that I'm not going to tell you about because I'm really curious as to whether or not you'll work it out on your own. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, half a point for the fake accent because it... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so anyway. Two and a half? Two and a half. Okay. That's my official rating. It's your official rating. Next week, the episode is called The Wedding Job. Beth, what do you think that's going to be? I think it'll be at a funeral. Um, I think that's pretty obvious from the title. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. There'll be um, something very important in a in a coffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they're going to have to somehow steal the hearse. At the wedding job? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, fucking obviously it's going to be something to do with the wedding. Like, yeah. I don't fucking know. Um, I, it's, someone's getting married. Someone's getting married. Yeah. Okay. I don't that, know that's who. all you've got. What? <laughs> yeah. Generally, at weddings, someone gets married. Usually, if you go, if you if you were playing The Sims, yeah, and you went to a wedding, yeah, and no one got married, uh-huh. you would fail that event. So that's your benchmark. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's my benchmark. No, I. I mean, I don't know. Something will happen at a wedding. Maybe. Maybe. We'll get another instance of Elliot being a waiter. Maybe we'll get. Parker having a fun moment, stealing something off the cake. I don't know. This is a wedding. Okay. I think that just about does us for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to interact with us at all, you can find Beth over on our Twitter at ThiefStillsPod. And she really just wants some fanfic of oh, Leverage Supernatural crossover. Yes. Let's put Bella in. Let's put the Supernatural. Send me your figures. Yeah. Obviously, it can't be Leverage spoilery. Yeah. To the best of your ability. But to be fair, though, because there's not only, like, major overarching plots, the only thing that will be spoilery is if you send her something with, like, characters she hasn't met yet. Amazing. I would lo- I would love something to read on the bus on the way to uni. So... I might have to do some searching to find her some <laughs> No, that would be amazing. I would love that. And if you wanted to interact with Jamie, you can always go find her on our Tumblr, Thief Steals the Podcast. She will be over there and she would love to interact with theories on how the fuck Sophie and Nate got on that damn truck. Like, how? Like, fucking how? Like, I don't know how. Help her figure it out. You guys can have a little brainstorm over there on Tumblr. I'm sure Jamie will let me know. The truck just <laughs> seems to be going way too fast for way them to be able to get on. Like, yeah. if it was going slightly slow, I'd be like, oh, they just, like, jumped on the truck. Like, they, they yeah. obviously was, like, you know how sometimes trucks have, like, a side door? Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously, they just, like, jumped on through there. Maybe there like, was ropes hanging down the other side and they yeah. just tarzaned off. Yeah. Mm. 
Anyway, point is, figure it out over on Tumblr. I Jamie need some will, logistics. Jamie will let me, me know the diagram. results. <laughs> a step-by-step instruction with yeah. a picture diagram. Mm. Love that. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening this week. We hope to see you all next week for the wedding job. Have a lovely afternoon, evening, day, morning, night, something like brunch. that. Brunch. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your brunch. Don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe it's brunch. You would feel really special if it was brunch, wouldn't you? Anyway, <laughs> bye. Bye.